I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. The countdown has started for the wild geese. 50 steel-hard mercenaries. They train like dogs. They fly like birds. They fight like jackals. Hello and welcome to Smash Pod, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films by those who enjoy, hate or just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. It's side special time again. And this week we will be knocking back all the booze, unpinning some grenades and loading up our guns as we take flight with the wild geese. Now joining me to ruin a child's Christmas and possibly life <laughs> is actor and writer Will Smith, who can be found on Twitter as at Will Smith Writer. Will, thank you for being here. Oh, pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to start with the declaration. You can describe what's happening. You're removing a jumper and you've got a Moonraker t-shirt. Yes, I've not had an excuse to wear this yet. So thank you. Thank you. For that alone, you bought that like from the official 007 website. I bought it from the official 007 because I think it's Japanese. I Japanese wanted person. that and it was out of stock, so I had to make do with the Taiwanese Moonraker. Uh, Octopussy. <laughs> oh, Octopussy, yes, that's the other. Yeah. It's fine. Who's going to buy that? It's fine, but it's not. It's not. Octopussy is. Uh, it's enjoyable if you think of it as a, a movie based on a British sitcom. It's one of those. It's mm-hmm. like it's you know they've gone on holiday. It's like the Are You Being Served movie, but they've gone to India. Um, Which I'd, I'd definitely watch. Yeah. So why are you wearing your Moonraker t-shirt? Is it just to be on, on song? Or? Uh, to be on song, uh, and, and also uh, cards on the table, it's the best one. Can I start by correcting uh, an omission or a, a, a straight, out, straight out lie, actually, yeah, in the, the Almari podcast? Uh-huh. Both of you kept talking about uh, as a Jaws dies at the end of it. Uh, I didn't. I said he doesn't, but Al said he did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, clearly, uh, down at Mission Control, the, the, the man says, "Just heard from Colonel Scott, and they picked up a tall man, the short blonde woman." It's clearly, he so clearly survived. It's that. in the script. Yeah, but I said that Roger Moore even turns to the camera and says, "Oh, don't worry." Yeah, he does say that. Yeah, yeah, it's only a hundred miles to Earth. You think, yeah. yeah, but they're going. They've got to go through the atmosphere, and they'll burn up. It's not. You, it's, not think, it's not the distance. It's not like it's a hundred miles to walk. Yeah. It's, it's to. Do you think Jaws and Dolly had zero gravity sex? I, no, I don't want to. I don't want to think about this. I, I, I remember that I, I sat next to her at uh, a lunch. Did you? Uh, that, and Richard Keel was there as well. It, was there any friction? Uh, <laughs> it was. I was just. Were they footsing under the table? No, I no no. They were, they were different tables, but I, I I was just like I can't believe I'm here. This is quite mad. Was this recently? Uh, I was probably. Oh my god! It's probably about ten years now. Actually, it was. Um, my brother uh, Ollie became friends with with Roger, mm-hmm. and also with Roger's PA. 
uh, Gareth, and then they were doing, they sort of hosted these kind of sort of lunches for kind of Bond aficionados and sort of people who've been in them. And I think Richard Kill had a book out, and so they, they organised a lunch for him to sort of do a talk and sign some books. And, and yeah, and she was there as well. So it was because it was my favourite film, so I was just like, oh my God. You should have asked me about the teeth because no one ever asked me about the teeth. Yeah, what were they like to wear? Yeah. How does it, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can bite through metal just because you've got metal teeth it's, it'd be the strength of your jaws but and as he is physically strong anyway so you mm. think well maybe his jawbone is as strong as his his arm ah, so well I, this is why uh, this is a good segue into the wild geese this yeah. is because i have i'm mildly obsessional about things yeah um and because i love roger and his era of bond movies then i, I would kind of seek out other things he was in i did exactly the same with roger and timothy dalton i've watched yeah. so many timothy dalton films that i had no business watching <laughs> Like I remember as a 12-year-old watching Hawks. Hawks? What's the one Hawks? where he's a cancer patient with um, Anthony Edwards. Wow, what did you get out of that as a 12-year-old? Nothing. Yeah. So, so yes. Wild Geese. Wild Geese. Yeah. That's Which, not a film for a 12-year-old to watch. It isn't. It's, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about this earlier. It's a, it's, it's a film that gets you twice. Because when I was a child, mm. I mean, we'll get onto this. Mm. When I was a child, I was a meal. Yes. And it was devastating to think of your dad going oh, away and not coming back. that's interesting. And okay. then when you're a grown-up, you're Rafer. Ah. And you think, I'm never going to see my son again. That's quite sad. I think I've reversed, because I watched it last night, and I was I, I teared up a little bit. I always tear up. This the, film gets me every time. It, it's, when, it's when he goes, come on, let's, let's sit down. It's called Christmas, whenever you want it. And he's got all the yeah. presents, and he's yeah. told me he's not going on his holiday. And he Horrible. goes, I don't want them. I don't want that. And he, and he runs off, and Richard Harris yells, I love you, Emil, I love you. Yeah. And, and you see that shot of him running towards the camera, away from Richard Harris, going, I love you too. And yeah. he's choked, and he, he, he's so angry he can't say it to his dad. Mm. But he still says it. It's, I just found it. I was like, oh, my God. That's, yeah, that's a brilliant bit of writing and directing and acting. That it, scene is, is genuinely good. Were it not for the fact that he said, yahoo, <laughs> earlier on, it would have been more powerful. I know. that. We, we, yeah, we were always like, my God, that kid's life at school was ruined after that film came out. Can you imagine how much beatings he got? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this film kicks off much like a bomb film because the titles... Oh, titles well, the title's are, Morris Binder. Morris Binder. So it is literally like a bomb film. John Glenn's the editor. Uh, yeah, second, second assistant director. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's many more connections. Yeah. Uh, also, the um, man at the casino who tells off uh, Richard Burton and uh, Richard Harris for acting drug and causing trouble, he's in Fiori's only. He's, yeah. Uh, the vicar who, I think, crosses himself when That's he takes right. the That's right. And Valerie Leon is... Valerie Leon is the, is the receptionist in Spy Love Me. She's in everything. Yes. If you watch 70s films, she's in yeah, every she single one. she did a lot of confessions, didn't she, and yeah. carry-ons and... And uh, Never Say Never Again. Who is she in that? She's, uh, when Sean goes uh, swimming, she's got a boat and he... Gets on her boat, and then a minute later, he's wearing her dungarees. God. Good grief! Yeah, so we, we, we get the song as well. It's like a Bond film because you get the yeah, Morris Spiner, yeah, yeah. you get the Morris Spiner title and a song. A lo- great song, really good song. song. It's on my um, iPod. Yeah, great soundtrack. Mm. Roy Bart. Although we will get to the soundtrack because there are some odd moments with the soundtrack. Yeah, Fine. particularly when they're parachuting in and it's that sort of jaunty yeah. military march, and you're kind of like, "Hang on, not that." I mean, I, I haven't watched it many times. I'm like. Well, they are actually parachuting largely to their deaths here. Yeah. Um, and maybe you're trying to undercut that. And maybe it is a kind of triumphalist. Here we go. But actually, you you know, you shouldn't meddle in other countries for money. And uh, and there will be justice. You will L- Lessons were learned. Here. Yeah. Yeah. But it does. It, at the top, when you watch it the first time, it's like, it seems like this is quite fun. And it goes on for a long time, that parachute sequence. It's quite a long. Well, up until, you know, we'll get there. Up yeah. until the plane lands and then takes off again. It's it is a jolly good. job. It's pretty. It? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's that. I mean, yeah, that's the powerful thing about the film is it's like it's all quite it's all a bit of a laugh just yeah I like fighting let's go and fight for some money oh yeah. fuck 
<laughs> Reality bites. Yes. Yeah, mercenaries probably don't get that very often. No. Everything usually goes, especially with Rafer planning them. Um, but yeah, the, the, immediately after the titles, we get, a, uh, we get Richard Burton stepping off a Concord, and I've just written the future... Meet the past, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Concord then, yeah, it was the, it was, huge. Yeah. and yeah. this little old man gets off. Who's he's not little man. Oh, he's man. not little. He's a powerful. He's a god. He doesn't he's walk a, very well at this. His film. back was fucked. Oh, is it? I yeah, was, yeah, yeah. This is from. No, this is from. No, he was dry for the whole film. Oh, really? Yeah, he was dry. So uh, Harris, apart from one night, apparently was was dry, and that that was. A I did notice the bit where they were sat down drinking wine. It looked like Ribena. Yeah, must have been. But the back was completely screwed hmm. and you can see it in a couple of the shots where he's running or walking he, it, if you know that you kind of think oh god that looks yeah not easy but you you know when he drinks the the whiskey the tumbler and he holds it with both hands yeah that's because he couldn't lift it with one apparently oh my goodness yeah he's really he's yeah. brilliant in this thing. he's uh, i mean but you're sitting, the drama of there's the an land. unfortunate placement of him because when he's off the concord and he sits in this chair the poster immediately above him just yeah. says, rabies is a killer <laughs> <laughs> with his little styrofoam cup yeah just thought oh, it's not a Colourful, no? Yeah. You're late. That's Sorry, I thought it better your visit to this country wasn't recorded by immigration. It took a bit of doing. I used to know the whole film. Off this will come in handy later. I used to, no, but I'm really, I could quote probably 50% of it. I used to be able to. It was Let's just do that. Nuts. Let's just recreate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, why not? But then he gets met by, um, well, the, the line, assume you're clean, mm. which I, I quite enjoyed. Yes. Yeah, because... Uh, Wash? Have you washed? Yeah, have you washed? Or does it mean? <laughs> so, yeah, and then Van der Volk walks in. Thomas Balfour, Barry Foster. Oh, Barry Foster. Oh, yeah. God, sorry. If you say you're Barry, yeah, no, Barry Foster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Van der Volk. Oh, so I was thinking. Of, I was thinking of the guy who meets him at the airport. Who's? Oh, yeah, that isn't him, star. Is but no, but he he looks like a, another great British character actor. Who, mm. if you looked him up, would probably was probably in Bridge on the River Choir and where Eagles Dare. Like, a whole bunch of them are. Yeah. If you look at, you go, oh my god, this is incredible. And then oh, they yeah. all they all go on to do Naughty Hijack and Sea Wolves and Who Dares Wins. Because this is effectively like Dad's Army, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood actors. It's yeah, yeah. It, it's a film uh, about a bunch of aging alcoholic nurses getting together for one last mission, played by a bunch of aging <laughs> alcoholic actors. Because this always reminds me. Have you? seen Norbert Smith alive yes yeah because you get that dogs of war he does it yeah 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 where they're Peter O'Pissed <laughs> Oliver Guinness and uh, yeah they're all like he's called Major Cartwright yeah. and every scene he's shaking and holding yeah. a whiskey glass and it's full and empty and full but yeah this whole film reminds me of that but there's a great moment where Burton um, has to he speaks to Stuart Granger but he has to say I'm going to give him points for this because he has to say Limbani and Dofa Zimbala Kurundi yeah. in almost the same breath Yes, it's, it's quite, quite a lot. Yeah, and it's quite confusing as well when you're trying to work it. It's a Definitely. copper, copper, copper. There's a lot of... Yeah. <laughs> Let me see if I can piece this together. I had so, to pause it. The, yeah, he does give an exposition. It's yeah, but very well, though, not awkwardly. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He can sell anything. He's incredible, obviously. Yeah. But, but, but it is quite... It's like the Ugandans are holding Limbani and said they killed him, but they hadn't. So yes. they're going to give him back to Indofa, and Indofa in return is going to give Uganda the rights to the copper, copper. mines. yes. Right. And then uh, later on, Granger double-crosses them and makes a deal. With Indofa? Yes. To say, I can keep the copper. Yes. So what are the Ugandans doing? That's that's the bit I don't quite understand. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But because it, are they it, given Lumbani? So, so that implies the compound they break into, is that, that, that's not in Uganda, though, is it? So Indofa's already got Lumbani by that stage. Yeah. Or, and then he, I, uh, it's very confusing. Yes. As long as people don't think he's alive, that's the important thing. The plan is they go in and they gas all the men. Yes. And, Rafer's and, great plan yeah, of murdering yeah, 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 mass, mass murder. Glad you're Cold here, Rafer. Cold-blooded mass murder. We didn't think of that. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and Rafer's the idealist as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, hang on, you're, you're going to be 
you good guy. Okay. Do you have that scene with Patrick Allen and Barry Foster? That the UN Allen. will go mad. Yeah. They won't say a word. And then, and then um, the Rafer's theory is that they won't say anything because our, he and Ophir told everyone that Nimbani is dead mm-hmm. and our plan is to get Nimbani out. So if we succeed, he won't mention it because it looked like he lied. Yeah. You think, yeah, but if you succeed, it'll still look like you lied because you got Lombardi out, so he would still mention it. Am I overthinking this? No, 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 no. no I, I do. Same thing occurred to me. Uh, <laughs> definitely. Uh, but it was nice to see Patrick Allen as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's back with any strategy with Spine and Snap. <laughs> Sorry, I know. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, stop, I'll stop doing that after a while. Well, also, uh, after, we, after I watched this last night on the train this morning, I watched the trailer to Wild Geese 2, mm-hmm. which the trailer voiceover is done by Patrick Allen. Ah, okay. Because obviously that was the bulk of his work towards the end of his, his life. Yeah, yeah, he did like Vic and Bob stuff. Yeah, he did Reason Mortar. Yeah. He did all the E4 stuff as well. Yeah. Barry Foster and uh, Patrick Allen, by the way, by coincidence, starred in uh, back-to-back episodes of Bergerac. Yeah, Did you, have, they? you have four uh, Bergerac guest stars. Uh, who involved. are the other it's, two? Uh, Rosalind Lloyd, who's uh, oh, Heather, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Glenn Baker, Esposito. Yeah, so it's oh, all tying together yeah, nicely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is and this Stan- of any interest to anyone out there? No. The, the webs of obviously Stanley actors. Baker's son as well. I know. Yeah, and Rosalind Lloyd, Ewan Lloyd's yes daughter, and the the woman who plays uh, Jack Watson's wife is Ewan Lloyd's ex-wife. And isn't James Hunt? Susie ex-wife? Hunt is an uncredited. Uh, appearance at the casino, I think she was married to Burton by then. Was he between Taylors at this time, or just he married her twice, didn't he? Yeah, and he he must have because Wild Geese two's eighty five, and he died just before that, so he would have died eighty four, eighty five, wouldn't he? I bet he was considering Wild Geese two as well. Died like a couple of days before filming. Jesus Christ, he was going to be in it. Yeah, totally. was he going to be the Scott Glenn part? Then? No, he was going. You know, he was going to be the Edward Fox plays his Faulkner's brother. So he was oh. going to be he was going to reprise Alan Faulkner and I Roger he was Roger, brother. Roger had turned it down. So I I assumed that the Scott Glenn part was going to have been. Sean Finn. I but, saw that at the cinema and I still... You I'm saw slept. Wild Geese 2 at the Wild cinema? Wild at the Cine de France in Jersey and I'm, I'm still <laughs> baffled by it. Of course you grew up in Jersey, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. How could I forget? <laughs> the Bergerac Sorry. connection, yeah. Jesus. Burton at this point says, I'll do it, but I need a team. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's why you love it, getting yeah. a team together. Yeah, so first he wants Rafi Chandra. Fair-haired cigarette holder wears glasses. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really odd way of... You think you go, art dealer, mercenary. No, it's like so it's sort of saying, I need James Bond and kind of going... Uh, oh, hi, skier. Where's the tux? Safari you know, suits. No, 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 the spy. The spy. Yeah. Oh, him. Yeah. Well, he also describes uh, Sean, uh, Sean Sean Finn as very good looking. <laughs> if you'd ever seen him operate in the field, you'd know why he's so special. Secondly, he can fly any plane you care to name. Thirdly, he's my friend. Same goes for Sean. No, Sean, no deal. Um, but I love. I used to love that at the time that that he could fly any plane you care to name. I just thought that is so cool. But it's actually it's obviously laying down the thread that. They're gonna. They need a pilot. It's so Ooh. odd to say that because you think if you go, why do you need him? And you go, your number two reason is he could fly any plane you care to name. That yeah. the other guy would then go, all right. Do you need a pilot for this mission? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, not not unless it goes catastrophically wrong. <laughs> it's just. I'd also like to see where they try him out on that. Yeah, yeah. Any 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 plane. Any plane. Any plane. You name it. Bullshit, like a... mate. Okay, Harrier. <laughs> Off you go. No, no, vertical. Vertical. <laughs> you a... said no. Any plane. That's what you said. He's a bore in a pub. Yeah. Or name any plane. Okay, any plane. I'll fly it. Not that one. Can't do that. One. Yeah, that's not a plane. Yeah. <laughs> that's a hovercraft, mate. Um, so yeah, we get um, we meet Rafer, who Rafer. is with poor Emil. Yeah, and they're talking about how excited they are. A Christmas holiday. Yeah, because they're going to go skiing. Yeah. In Switzerland. Yeah. Switzerland, you've got it. Skiing, the very thing. Oh, Father, I'm so excited! I don't know what to do. Well, why don't you try screaming? Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> and then. <laughs> 
And then he turns up. Stop it! Stop it! You're breaking my wallet. See, this is good. This is good. This, I, I should <laughs> is really slightly unnerving. No, it's good. It's good. It reminds me of where we are in the context. Yeah. So then, but Richard Burton turns up. Richard Burton turns up, and Rafe has moved on with his life. He's uh, he's an art dealer. He's getting pretty good at it. Yeah. Buys and sells them, makes fifteen thousand pounds a year. And then Burton hits him with, "Julius Limbani is alive." I don't care. Yes, you do. <laughs> if there's one African leader you do care about, it's Julius Limbani. And they're off. And, oh, but just watching those two go for it is just... I, it's a wonderful scene because you've got all that kind of... that friendship and camaraderie and love between them. And then you've mm. got that rage and anger and the kind of the past coming in. And as a kid, who I should not have been watching this film. Mm. But you very clearly get... You go, all right, Richard Burton, You go, all right, he's doing it for the money. He's very mm. open about that. He says that. Richard Harris is doing it because... You know, uh, he believes in the course. He believes in the, in Judas Limbani and yeah. thinks he's a great uh, political leader. Uh, Sean Finn's doing it for the money, kind of. And, the, and well, because uh, he's on the giggles. We, we should mention him. He probably skipped over it. But Sean oh. Finn, we meet him. Oh, that scene! My yeah. God, that's terrific. It is horrific. Oh, the thing is, I kept thinking Roger Moore famously had an issue with mildly kicking a car off a cliff in oh, your yeah. eyes only. <laughs> And and three years later, he forced me to man <laughs> strictly laced I mean, heroin. Yeah, heroin would probably kill him, but then he's put strictly, strictly in it as well. <laughs> Over gilding the lily, isn't yeah. It? But he had said that he had told them, I don't do drugs, I don't push drugs ever. It's my religion. <laughs> oh, that's it. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the one guy who's all bulky and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry about this, he shoots him in the head. I know, it's could have hit him or away. something. I hope you've got a good appetite, Sonny, because it's all yours. <laughs> <laughs> she was barely 19. No one you need to eat. See, that's, that's Roger Moore's general Zod. That's his Neil Before Zod. Yeah. And I'm wondering if uh, with the, uh, <laughs> the um, objection to the scene in Fiore's Only is purely because it's something Bond wouldn't do or something Roger would do. I think it must be... Do. Well, they wouldn't do it in real life, obviously. Well, no. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think it must obviously, be the Bond thing. Obviously, this is before Fiore's Only. But, hang on, hang on, Locke, but Locke, when he kicks um, Locke mm. off the cliff... Yeah. He say he does it... It's like, you left this with Ferrara and he throws yeah. in the dove pin. So he's, mm. it's like... You killed one of mine, so he's acting as kind of judge, jury, and executioner there. It's, but he is it, is it the cold blooded? Is it the he said that he wasn't comfortable with kicking the car to fall off the cliff? And so, what persuaded him? Uh, John Glenn managed to talk him into doing it by saying perhaps it was throwing in the pin that made the car fall off the cliff. Oh, he does sort of scrabble for it. That's good directing. Hmm. I'm trying to think now of other Roger. Is that because he just saw Bond as a lighter? I think, yeah. I think what John Glenn came onto that film wanting to do was take it back to a harder thing, and Roger was happy with his underwater skeleton cars and, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. I, I'm a big fan of Fiorizonium. I mean, those are the three for me. Really? Spy. Raker and I. I find Fiore's only the morning after the party where it's. Oh, no, it's got all that. that, I love that monastery on the cliff at the end. All that stuff's great. Topol's fantastic. He's having fun. He's having the ski, all that. Charles Dance. Yeah. 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 So Sean is now on the lamb. Yeah. Because all the math. There's a price on his head. So Richard Burton has a meeting with Barry Foster. Says, get the contract lifted. And, uh, I need Sean. Yeah, I need Sean. I wish I could do a Richard Burton. Yeah, I know, it's such a voice. You're Sean, don't you? need to get Rob Brydon in to do it <laughs> at some point. Yeah, so then we uh, we have the scene with Emile. And the reason, the way he convinces Richard Burton to do it is by getting into Richard Harris. Yeah, just, Richard just, Harris. Just, just tell me how I get in and out of this place. And he opens the map. And then he puts on those glasses. He does massive glasses. Ridiculously really. huge. Like goggles. Yeah. Yeah, and then it cuts to Richard Burton saying, we've got Rafe. Just, just like that. Didn't take much. No. It's just the fun of looking at maps. Yeah. The challenge. Yeah. He could have said, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll do a, I'll plan it. Mm. You do it. 
consultancy. I've, I've got my Christmas skiing holiday. I'm not. Yeah. Well, also, he said that this... this at that is, point, you could still have your holiday. This is all happening after January, so it won't interrupt. So then we get the a great scene where he uh, puts together the rest of his team. We see Sandy doing his gardening. Whipping the roses into shape. Poor Sandy. How would you like with 50 men in shape for me? <laughs> <laughs> Poor oh. Sandy, that's a heartbreaking relationship as it well. Is. That, his that. wife. The wife, she's so good in that. Yeah. So, I mean, she's only on screen, she's got about, what, five lines, but mm. just the loathing she has for, you know, Faulkner, this man who's going to take away her husband and, and, and have him killed. Does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's absolutely right to loathe him. Oh, we've skipped over the... Sorry, I know, we skipped no, over No, no, it's my fault. The um, rescue of Sean the Finn. The rescue of Sean Finn. The hand grenade through the door. Where Richard Harris has to do some of his greatest acting and pretend to be drunk. Oh, and yeah, now the thing about that is, as well, where they, Sean's actually been living with nine women in the same year, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. And they go to the Baronet Club, Denby Road. Yep. Which I was want to get in a shout to a taxi driver. <laughs> Just love the way Burton says it. <laughs> Baronet Club Denby Road. Um, and uh, so she's a croupier. Where she's at the casino, one of yeah. her girlfriends. And so they go and they pretend to be drunk. They pretend to, to be drunk Texans. Disrupt it. Uh, well, I can't. Richard Harris's accent, I'm always slightly on edge about. I'm like, is this kind of American? And then I'm like, is, it, is there a bit of Jamaican yeah, I was, there? Is he suddenly yeah, yeah. going? It's a dodgy area. I'm like, but I mean, he is supposed to be making people feel incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't quite get their their plan is to go. Let's cause a scene at a casino, and then while there's a scene and everyone's looking at us and they're trying to throw us out, <laughs> we'll whisper to the girl, yeah. "We're not. We need to find Sean." <laughs> she, she gives him up pretty quick as well. Very quick. Maybe this is just Richard Burton's power. Cause, yeah, you know, it could be just hypnotic. Ray for five minutes ago didn't want to do this. No, no, he was yeah, pretending yeah, exactly to be a drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got him improvising drunk scenes. and. Yeah, meanwhile... Well, uh, the, the fact you say, Rafer didn't want to do this. And he goes upstairs, they go, Rafer, what do you got? And he goes, <laughs> I'm going this and this. And he pulls out a pistol and a hand grenade. He goes, I, I find it kind of balances me up. Yeah. And you're thinking, I thought you were an art dealer. Where have yeah. you got a grenade from? And like, a moment's notice. Maybe it was like Hitler's grenade. Yeah. Antique he's got. <laughs> you know, I thought you were just enjoying time with your kid that you... Meanwhile, Emil's probably at home waiting for his story. Yeah, who's looking after him? Daddy, where's my story? Yeah. Yahoo! Yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, he's blowing things up. But then, the, the, just as they're about to have a big fight, yeah. Johnny Briggs' dad shouts up the stairs, the contract's off. Yeah, Frankie, Frankie, get out. The contract's lifted. He's also an Imperial officer in Star Wars. He is. Leslie Shipman. Is this canon, though? Is Callan. Johnny Briggs' dad... Canon. Oh. Canon. Is Johnny Briggs' dad actually a mafia enforcer? Is Johnny Briggs is, a spin-off is, of the Wild d- Geese? I'm going to have to... Johnny Briggs is... You don't remember Johnny Briggs? I, don't remember Johnny Briggs. I, a, I know the name, but so I probably will. It was a TV series in the early eighties on okay. CBBC mm-hmm. uh, with a young Northern family child. Person. Ringing from bells, but, but not. Paul, I think he's called Paul Schofield. No, Paul Schofield, something Schofield. Yeah, he's Johnny Briggs' dad, and he was in everything. Now Johnny Johnny Briggs' dad, or the guy who goes Frankie Frankie get out the contracts lifted. Yeah, is I've got him here because I was like, oh my god, he's such a cool actor. He has a Leslie, pres- Leslie Schofield. Leslie Schofield. There you go. Yeah, not Paul Schofield. Yeah. He's oh, yes, awesome. you did. Sorry. You, yes. You, I was saying, no, no, you got that wrong. You had it right. Sorry. Yeah, I had it half right. <laughs> half right. Yeah. Uh, I was just, yeah. So I, was I think I got it wrong earlier, actually. When I that would have been something yeah. interesting to say if you knew what Johnny Briggs was, but yeah. as it is, and we'll move on. Okay. Uh, so then we've But the, it's just the fact is that it is full, full, of, full of great, great yes. British character actors. It is. In much the same way the Taffin I watched the other day is full of the cast of Father Ted. Yeah. Because they filmed it in Ireland. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then we meet Patrick Allen, mysterious Patrick mm, Allen. Who's kind of civil service ministry of. He's to rubber from, stamp everything, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He's the government's overseer who's saying, I don't quite know where the government... But then he's sort of hanging out with Matheson. It's big business, corporates. Money. Money, you know, it's very topical. He's very there topical. basically to the look 1%, at... 1%, yeah. pulling the strings. Exactly. 
He's there to oversee Rafa's, Rafa's plan. I keep calling him Rafa, sorry. Uh, which is, again, here's to murder 200 men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they'll be, they'll be asleep. Yeah. Which, and then, because I, I remember that I, when they go to the compound, when I was watching yeah. it yesterday, I was like, this is, I'm sure I remember this at night. But it, I think it's partly because a lot of those scenes of people assaulting compounds, they, they do it at night because mm. obviously you're less likely to be seen. Mm. Um, so I think I have that in my head from other films. But then also because they said, well, they'll be asleep. And you think, Wow, why are they asleep in the day? Yeah. All it would have taken was a simple line to say, they'll be asleep because they work the night shift. Mm. You know, just something like that to explain it. Whereas now, I, when I was watching yesterday, I was like, why are they asleep? It won't bother me Wouldn't it just be easier just to kill them? It's terrible planning as well because the best way to do that would be to throw a big gas grenade in there to kill yeah. them all. But they literally go bed with by bed with yeah. a, a fry spray. Yeah. Spraying them. And if one three beds down wakes up and grabs on. his gun, you're all dead. There's some brutal slaughter of... I'd forgotten that where it's like all oh. the... The guys in the airport cafeteria. Yeah. And they just gun them down. It's yeah. like, oh, Jesus. This is... Every one of them who dies with the poison later on. Yeah. I like the way they kind of sit up like vampires. Yeah, like, so Ooh. what? Oh, oh. No. Nope. Go back to sleep. Yeah. Anyway, we've got to go back a bit. We've now. got to go back Sorry. a bit. Sorry. But so, that is to do with the planning, because they say they'll yeah. be asleep. It's a terrible plan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad he's dead. Um, so then um, this is when he finds out that it's, it's been moved forward three weeks. Yeah. So Christmas is off. Yeah. So Richard Harris goes to the window. Stares out of it, but he says, it's fine. There'll be, be other holidays. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's not fine. It's not fine. Then you have to go and tell your kid. You, buy, you, you raided Hamley's and your son runs off without opening the presents and can't even tell you he loves you. Because he's it's, so hurt. Uh, yeah, it's, it's heavy. It's, so, it's a really heavy, brutal, bleak I must film. Have, I, must I have, keep coming back to this. That as a child, yeah. it just... I mean, I was watching the taped-off ITV version, which I still have somewhere. Oh, yeah, hilarious sure local yeah. And so it's, a lot of it's dubbed. So, so again, watch it now. It's like a lot of the language was not... Sandy, particularly. Sandy, like, horrifically. Drops the F-bomb every five yeah, minutes. Yeah, a lot of F-bombs, a lot of really homophobic insults towards Kenneth Griffith. Oh, my God, and, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, I was like, Christ well, my God, that's, that's, that's really way over. Um, but then even just like Sean Finn, or well, my heels are where my balls used to be, there's a really very obvious ADR on the TV version, which suddenly cut the completely different background noise of him going, you know, my feet are where my navel used to be. <laughs> that was just for the word balls. As a child, I, I watched this and all the violence went over my head. You know, it didn't yeah. bother me. It was the relationship with Emil and... That was Rachel the thing that upset you. Upset me the most. I used to rewind. I went through a phase of rewinding the tape so I'd finish it yeah. and I'd watch the beginning again so Rafe would still be alive. Oh. Because I, it's... And we'll he, get to the whole... Because we're talking about it from Emil's perspective yeah. and that is horrific. But yeah. there's another person involved in, in the death of Rafe and let's let's leave that to the end. Oh, we also get the point where Emil tells uh, Rafe that everyone at school says his mum's a Whore. Yeah, what well, Street Girl in the ITV uh, oh, soundtrack of version? Of course, yeah. yeah but, uh, that's the one you've memorized. That's what I've memorized. The... That, and that again, I think that is just a, an amazing bit of writing before where he goes, I, one of the older boys said she looked like a whore. I didn't know what that was, so I laughed, and then someone told me. Mm. And it, that is how kids are. That feels very real, that moment. And, it's, and then Richard Harris is really comfortable and says, Don't you listen, your mother's a fine woman. And, yeah. you know, he, he puts aside any kind of bad feelings from the divorce there to really kind of reinforce his son's relationship with his mother. And he says, you've got to spend Christmas with the headmaster. The headmaster's family. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, really? Really? It's really... Bla- and, and you're at a boarding school, boarding school. In, in the 70s anyway, which is not going to be... A- no. But that's weird, that as well, because you, you have this picture of um, Ray Vajonas as the, the really great father, family man, really... Supporting his kid, raising him as a single dad, and he goes. He goes to boarding school in Kent. Uh, you know, I mean, what would I do with him? Well, raise him. I mean, yeah. have him. Just have him in the week. All you're doing <laughs> is selling art. You drop him at school, sell some pictures, pick him up. It's not. I mean, I've written that down here because I've put at one point he's basically saying, "I really don't like this child," and the next thing he's saying, "I can't wait to take him skiing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He also, the way, the way he says the line about the skiing is yeah. really slightly too much detail. He kind of yeah. goes, I'm taking him skiing for Christmas. Can't wait. Three weeks. Leaving December 13th. <laughs> so, so Bridget, Bridget Burke goes, December the 13th. You know, it's like, you, yeah. you just wouldn't say that. You just go, I'm no. taking him skiing for Christmas. Mm. You don't need to say December. We've got that bit. And then, <laughs> why? I don't care when it's December the 13th. What, I'm, what are you telling me? Just over-egging the pudding, isn't it's it? It's slightly overdone, that bit. Yeah. But Reginald Rose, Rose it's great. It works. 12 Angry Men. We wouldn't still we wouldn't be talking about their relationship if it didn't work. It does work. And, it, you know, it's partly because I think there's some great dialogue, great writing there, and, and they're just amazing actors that bring it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But then we get the gathering of the team. Yes. Which I've written Oh, what, the interviews? Well, you get the interviews first, yeah. So you get uh, Sandy coming in. You get Kenneth Griffiths. You get Glimba. Well, you don't see Glimba. You don't see Glimba. You get uh, Tosh. Yes. Moustache, who was a real mercenary. Oh, was he? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a mercenary. And, and got Mike Hoare, who was the, the big kind of British mercenary in the, I think it was the Congo in the 60s, as a technical advisor. The guy who plays Tosh as well. Ian Yule, as his name, mm. uh, was kind of helping us kind of advising and stuff. I read a quite interesting interview with him, where he, or a quote back from him, where he, he was saying um, it wasn't properly announced that he was sort of um, working as a military advisor as well as having a part in the film. So he thought mm. half the people just thought he was just interfering the whole time when he's going around telling them they had to hold their guns or whatever. So it's slightly eggy. Moustache gives it away though, doesn't it? it uh, yeah, yeah. He must be a real soldier. He was bazooka happy as well. So I think I know how to do so. I love it. All right. <laughs> so you're a psychopath. That's basically what you're saying. You're well, a, ma- you're a madman. Are. You just like killing. Oh, God. But uh, Kenneth Griffith's appearance, he's, supposed to, he's a medic, isn't he? Yes. But his little cameo there, which actually is very turned down for how it comes later in the film. Yes. But he's the last person you want to take with you on this, wouldn't you? I just mean, he seems really like not the Private Godfrey-ish. Yeah, yeah. Like he, if, you're only, if you're only taking 50 men, you want to make sure they can each yeah. fight. He doesn't look like he's... Because he dies a horrible death. It, that is horrific. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure why he... He seems to sort of bring that on. And that, it's an odd journey, because I think you're right, he doesn't fit with the others. He doesn't seem that he's a trained soldier. No. Um, and then the, when he dies, he's like really getting into firing the gun. Maybe there was a journey they cut where it was like he wants to be a proper soldier and he never felt he could. He felt as a medic or whatever. And, you know, he's got some twisted ideal of, you know, 
firing guns and killing people well, that he fulfills. He got his he gets carried away, yeah. But, but it just comes out a bit out of nowhere when he does die because it's suddenly like this kind of mild-mannered camp quipping man. One, one thing I did enjoy, though, is... Uh, he turns well, bloodthirsty. Well, yeah. he does turn bloodthirsty. But Tosh, Tosh survived, obviously. Yes. It's maybe part of his advisor deal. Yeah. But also, uh, the black guy... John Carney? Yeah. Jesse? Yeah, Jesse yeah. survives. Yeah, Black Panther's dad. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. He yeah. survives. Yeah. And you'd think in the 70s they'd bring a black guy in to be killed. Yeah. But he makes it all the way through, which I thought yeah, was very progressive. Yeah, and, and a... Winston and Shoney, the, the Barney actor, they, they were kind of acclaimed Tony Award-winning playwrights and oh, actors and, okay. you know, and they're, they're proper great actors. And I read an interview from them where they were like, thought it was really great that they were being put in a film alongside Richard Burton and Richard Harris and, and given that exposure. Obviously, we'll, we'll get to Lynn Barney, but yeah, he made it all the way through, which I think was great. But then we have the meeting, and when, once they're all assembled, it's like a, a comprehensive <laughs> school staff room. Yeah, really they're all kind of standing around, and then Burton comes in and gives them the uh, briefing. And then they go to their training camp, which is where Kenneth Griffith, when they have their day off, after they're doing their, their training, where Sandy becomes a complete psychopath. Absolutely. Off the scale. Yeah. What are you doing? He's like the William Friedkin of Sergeant Major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He starts yeah. shooting like, people next to their head. He tells stuff. me, he, say, he says, oh, oh, if any man steps out of line, I will shoot him stone dead. It will mm. not worry me in the slightest. There are no Queen's regulations here. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, but that is still murder, isn't it? I mean, I know it's, <laughs> that's, no, it's, I mean, yeah. anywhere that's murder. That doesn't, it's not international. I don't, I'm not interested about the fucking regulations, mate. It's like, <laughs> it's just, it's, every country has that law. Every, everywhere, that's the given. He, five minutes ago, he's trimming a rosodendron bush. <laughs> Now, he's basically... He pulls out a gun when the guy says, I can't yeah. move till I'm dead, and then he what, fires it next to his head. He's William Friedkin. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to get the best out of them, so he fires a gun next to them. He's Phil Spector. Yeah, yeah. He just goes mad. <laughs> Absolute fucking mad. And uh, <laughs> When you watch it now and you go, they're, they're intensive training, so he's just sort of running from about 20 yards, then dropping on the ground, over, yeah. and running again. You're thinking... Well, I could probably do that. Yeah. Does he know <laughs> I could, what he's doing? I definitely do the forty over. Yeah. I reckon I could stagger the 20 yards. Yeah. Oh, we haven't mentioned as well, uh, Peter. The, uh, oh, Peter uh, Curtsy. Peter Curtsy, yeah. Ah, and you've got the money to buy you one back. Yeah. And what are you going to do? That, that's, you literally haven't got that. Yeah. He's he wants, he wants the money for his farm. That's right. He's buying the farm. Yeah. Which he does later. Yeah. In the other sense of the phrase. <laughs> yes. I kept thinking that. I thought yeah. he buys the farm. I want to buy a farm. Buy a farm. He buys a farm. Stop saying that. You're going on a really dangerous mission and just... It's, yeah, it's bad luck. It's ba- yeah, just, just say something else. But he does clear up race relations in about five minutes. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's, they basically have two chats under a tree, mm. separate trees, so mm-hmm. they have two where, and he starts as a horrific racist. <laughs> yeah. And by the end, he's like, you know what? I think we can live together yeah. and get on. Did, Which, well, I mean, great if it was that easy. Yeah, he stopped <laughs> short should, of the... I think it should be that easy. Yeah, you and I aren't so different. Yeah. I think he actually does say it as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 maybe we need each other. He's calling him Kaffir for the whole film. And then, and then hold on tight, bloke. Bloke, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah but Hardy Kruger said he was very disappointed with the cut because there was a lot of lot more to their relationship that had to go because it was slowing up the pace, apparently. Mm. But, so it does seem really, really quick. And I think there's probably a longer version where they... He was moaning about the director as well, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he's the director of and westerns. Yeah, if it was just given a bit more room to breathe, I think that'd be even more satisfying. That's that horrible racist learning to not be a racist, and and then yeah, I mean, he dies horribly as well. He does. They all die horribly. It's like it's reminded me a bit of um, not literally, but to the end. Once they're on the run, it's like Southern Comfort that we're just trying to get yeah, to somewhere get out. and being hunted. Uh, yeah. Then they get on the plane to go to the mm. mission. And I've written here that Richard Burton in his helmet looks like a Savaloy. Because he's like <laughs> bright red with this round head. Yeah. He doesn't look comfortable. Doesn't Maybe look that's good. the bad back kicking yeah. in, having to sit in that yeah. oh, plane. God. Yeah, he doesn't look good. And then they go to the base, and uh, Peter has his crossbow. 
Oh, the crossbow's is... really odd because that's when they're in. They're, so they're on the mission. They're in wherever they're training. Swaziland, I think. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Training. Mm. Uh, and they go, oh, we don't know how to take out the guards. And you think, I thought you were the best planner. They go, well, it's what is it, three hundred yards, and there's there's no cover. Mm. Crossbow will do it. You're yeah. thinking, well, a sniper's rifle would do it, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, there are just a silent sniper's rifle. Okay, okay. So they go, crossbow will do it, and then they kind of go, well, where are we going to get one of those? And you're like, well, you got bazookas, and machine guns, <laughs> and I mean, I don't say, ask the guy you bought the guns off. So yeah. And he might say, I don't have any like bowed weapons, but I have a friend who, who does that. But he's obviously got some sort of shares in this company because he starts going about they're full of cyanide. Corals, you know, yeah. You know, they kill a man in a minute. Def- yeah. All that sort of thing, or instantly. So what he does, what bothers me about that is he goes on about how they've got cyanide in them. He shoots two with the arrow. Yeah. And the third one, he kind he of... He runs forward for no reason at all. He runs forward and then he's re- as he's reloading the crossbow, he puts one in his mouth. Yeah. I'm like, aren't they got, got cyanide? He might bite that and then... Yeah, it seems like they're trying to create some sort of tension. Oh my god, is yeah. he going to get him in time? But of course, it is. yeah, yeah. But then yeah, the, the, there's a moment like that a few minutes later where they try and do that with Roger Moore. He's got a silenced pistol, but he's smoking a cigar. He has a cigar throughout these sequences. You're like, you've brought, you brought cigars. You're, it's quite dry. The vegetation in mm. yeah. <laughs> where yeah. you are, it's, it's a fire hazard for a start. Yeah, I, mean, I know you, you probably think that's the least of my worries. I'm being shot at. It should be but, said. You know, I'm just thinking it's not going to be good if you start. A, a, also, a if you're fire. a guard and you're standing there. And there's someone walking below you smoking a cigar. You'd be like, what's that? What's that gives a it away? cigar? But also, don't you need, like, there's a lot of sort of taking the cigar out of your mouth. You might need to give orders. You might need both hands. It just seems like, okay, we're going in. We're going in on the airport. We're going to, like, everybody ready? Okay. Oh, sorry. Just go on, Just get my cigar. So asking for trouble. Um, so, yeah, as we talked about earlier, they gas everybody in the most impractical fashion. And, and they find And cold blooded, brutal. Yeah. yeah. And they get Limbani out, just about. Witty gives him his heart pills. Jumping back slightly, when they all go out for a night out before the mission. Yes. This is when Kenneth Griffiths goes like, yeah, yeah, suddenly yeah, he's like, really, oh, Yeah, it's really John and Manesque. Where of, did that come from? They had a variety of takes of different... They just used the queeniest one possible. Yeah. And from then on in, he's very much like, oh, matron. Mm. And for, for all this as well, yeah, yeah. You, you have Hardy Kruger's fantastic speech about you know why they're doing it. Oh, Peter's yeah. are a problem, and it's... He talks about, you know, I just don't like killing people. I don't like killing people I don't have anything to do with. You know, yeah, you know. but isn't that your so job? So I'll be killing for me and I'll live with that later. But that's but his you, job. He's just sort of tense with it. Whereas I think he, he thinks they're doing it to impose their kind of... Oh, I see. That, that's his speech. Is you're, I, I'm doing it for me and that's I'll do with that. But you're doing it because you think you know better than anyone else and you have a right to go in and you know, change the government and kill people. And Yes. Morals amongst mercenaries. Who would have thought we'd live to see the day? As, as Sean Finn... The Irish named, but not Irish accented. No. I mean, even less of an effort than Sean Connery makes in The Untouchables. But I mean, I'm presuming Sean Finn is, I think he might be in the book, definitely Irish. Well, to which, be fair to Sean Connery, in The Untouchables, he does say the line, oh, would you look at the heathen, which is some effort. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you, really, you should say Sean Connery in Highlander, who's supposed to oh, be yeah. Spanish. Spanish, yes. Via Egypt. Yeah. I am sort of slightly dissing Roger by saying he's not doing an accent, but I, I do have to say that uh, Roger, who off, often is considered a kind of lighter actor, yeah. uh, completely holds his own mm. next to Burton and Harris. He's also kind of playing against brilliant. type in this as well. He is. He's a bit of a bastard, and he yeah. doesn't usually play bastards. No, he's brilliant. He's, he, I mean, although... <laughs> Again, a lot of the quips were cut from the kind of the TV version I watched. So mm. when I was watching it last night, was, they're doing the call signs. You're going, I'm, I'm man, this is Wild Goose. And then, then he sort of turns around and just goes, yeah, I'm man, Wild Goose. That sounds like a tin man fingering or something. It's just he, some says, sounds, of... he says, sounds like a finger up the tin man's backside. So, yeah, yeah. And, you, and you're like, A, it doesn't make that much sense. And, mm. and, and B, if I was in the room, I'd be like, 
Look, can you just look, mate? It's, we're all stressed. Okay, like, it's not helping. Okay, we're just we're in the middle of fucking nowhere, yeah. surrounded by armies, and the plane isn't coming. So just just enough, enough trying to like. Well, mood. the plane's told to pass them by. Is it that point, or is he yeah. not passing by? That he's not quipping. No, he's there. quipping because the planes. He's, he's smug. The plane's coming to pick them up. Yeah, but as it lands. Oh. It comes out over their radio. Iron Man, pass them by. Pass them by those poor bastards, as yeah. the pilot says. Yeah. I feel I have to sort of explain when I do these quotes. Yeah. Otherwise, people and then he says, sorry, orders, sorry. which obviously made him feel better Yeah, when he got home. Yeah. How's How was work? <laughs> work? Oh, I left 50 men stranded at the airport. 50 men, yeah. Orders, though. Yeah. How are they? Oh, 13 survived, 7 wounded. No, also, like, the, the plane takes off. This is an airport. No actual planes there. No, they have to go to another airport. Yeah, but there were a lot of troops guarding the airport. Was it, yeah. What was the point of the airport? Was it just the just, planes land and then they took off and you never had any standing aircraft? No, just literally drop yeah. off point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those bus stops that just yeah. not pick up from here. It's, well, it's a, like a those, light only. Or... Those, yeah, those car park spaces you get in front of stations where you can literally just drop people off. And yeah, okay, off. right. Yeah, yeah. It's, one so of them. it's a waiting yes. airport. Yes. It's a red zone. Red zone. Uh, unloaded. Words are powerful. Take the podcast you're listening to right now. Is it making you laugh out loud? Maybe you've just closed your eyes with satisfaction. That satisfaction you feel when you learn something new. Or have you just inched forward to the edge of your seat in anticipation as to how the story ends? However you feel, shouldn't you really feel? With the new Bose QC35 II noise-cancelling headphones, Enjoy our most powerful listening experience yet. Discover more at bose.co.uk. So, yeah, so then they get the trucks. Oh, because Richard absolutely. Burton gets his two opinions. One is emotional. What was the other one? Uh, Richard Harris. It's Richard Harris. Sorry, emotionally and then rashly. And emotionally yeah. is, look, we've got Limbani. He's a great leader. People love him. There's people have been told he's dead, so we'll, let's take him to his people. That they'll see he's alive. I think he said, I think he's resurrected. It's yeah. slightly... We're getting slightly dodgy territory here, but, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. but, yeah, but he's you know. So, but they'll be amazed he's alive, and they'll rise up, and we can start a civil war. We can beat Indofa, and mm. and Burton gives a fantastically venomous kind of response. Yeah, he does. Of, I don't have time for this now. Yeah. He just really loses it. Just, yeah. just get us out of here. Mm. And they go, okay, I'll give it to you rashly. There's nowhere else we can go. Yeah, we're fucked. We can't go to the west because there's a jungle. Six hundred miles of jungle. Yeah. We can't go to the north because that's where all the troops are. We can't. Mm. We, our only option is to go south. Let's go south. Mm-hmm. And Barney's from where his villages. Yeah, and they kind of go because oh, that's when all the men run up after the plane's taken off, and, he, and mm. I'll speak to the men, and he just goes, "Men, we are being double crossed." Yeah, but we will plan our way out of here. And you yeah. see, they're all staring at him, like kind of like we're, we're fucked, aren't we, mate? Yeah. Oh. Rafe's another plan is to kill people again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're we'll going. It's fine. They'll be sleeping. Look, you keep saying that. Not, I mean, we, you were lucky once that we went in in the day and they were sleeping, but it's not. They're not always going to be sleeping, Rafer. You've always exclusively attacked postmen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen this time. Yeah. Um, so then you get this great scene where they, they he basically says, all we have to do is go over this bridge, and then there's his village. It's fine. And they get to the bridge, and so one of the trucks they, breaks Well, down. they stop for, for a bit and go, yeah. bridge looks all right, mm. which in hindsight... Was, and yeah. that poor guy, in the, there's a guy who throughout, and then this plane comes and shoots the crap out, and they lose, like, they, they're down to 32 men after this? Yeah, 38, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So they lose, a load of them get absolutely slaughtered, torn up by the, the aircraft fire, and, mm. and then it drops a bomb. That Bouncing bomb. But yeah. Very exciting. But, but up to that point, so you've got, you know, all this kind of back and forth and trying to... The guy in the truck is still trying to start the engine. Yeah. I'm just like, just get out of it. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter. You know, no, no, I can do it. I just, I just need to, I've got a good touch. It's fine. You need someone next to him going, you're flooding it. Yeah. It's, I know it's, I'm flooding also, it. Also, you're being shot. Everyone in the back is now dead. Yeah. So 
And he burns no. to death in the end, just, doesn't he? Oh, God, yeah. He just flops over on the steering wheel. Yeah. Bloody idiot. Yay. So then they're separated. So then Richard... Bert, it's, Richard it's Charlie Kruger, Richard Burton... Yeah. Uh, John Carney. On foot. And Kenneth Griffith. And Richard Harris and everybody goes in the Jeep. Hardy Kruger goes to learn that racism is bad. Ebony and Ivory. Yes, and then uh, Griffith says... Get, oh, no, this is later, but he says, get your lovely asses out of here. It's very sort of bawdy seaside. Does he, does he, he gets separated, doesn't he? And he notices people wandering around in no, the bush. No, he's just sitting He's just sitting down. Up, the, the others have gone down to the sort of river bank. Yeah. And he's just sort of slightly higher. And then he hears troops sneaking around the bush. Mm. And he opens fire mm. and just holds them off. And then he's like, you go, I'll deal with them. As far as we know, he's had no combat experience whatsoever. No. I mean, well, I, it's I assume, proven that he had I'm no assume, Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm assuming medics are trained... Were they not? I'm trying to think. I this. don't know. Like, what I'm saying is I don't know that army medics have to be trained with weapons. Maybe not. But um, Kenneth Griffith seems to suddenly find... He becomes he good really with the gun. He really turned on by the idea of killing. And then, and then, and then so the others go, but Burton and Hardy Kruger and Jesse get them Barney out there, and then he runs out of ammo. Pulls out a knife. Pulls out a knife and thinks, you know, yeah, I'll just... I mean, Make a stand. Yeah, and then gets hacked to death. It's horrific. You think... This could all have been avoided if you could just run <laughs> yeah. and let the real... Well, not avoided. They still, they're still coming after them, aren't they? They're, you know. Everyone loves their grenades in this. It is. There's a lot of grenades and trampolining stunt men. I mean, we've seen grenades in London. And yeah. now they've brought them yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Every five minutes, they'll stop so, and chuck a grenade. Chuck a, yeah. And then tw- 20 guys will jump off a trampoline. Yeah, yeah. And then, there, uh, there's a lot of ill-thought-out charging of positions. <laughs> Let's just go for it. Uh, and then um, we get Limbani being carried by uh, Kruger, and then he, obviously he takes one. Then attacks. And he, keep, he keeps going, he keeps yeah. running, and he takes out about three of them, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Takes out three troops and then collapses, is dying, and is saying to him, don't die, I've just found you, you can't die. And, yeah, and then, he dies. And then for some reason, they, you know, Jesse goes forward to help him, and, and Richard Burton sort of goes, no, no, stop. And yeah. Stops him, like, oh, okay. And then, and then he just sort of kills over him. Oh, we've also, there's that awful bit where Richard Burton has to finish off a dying man. Oh, God! As it, as it were. Yeah, he goes, who, yeah. who volunteers or something? And, and they all sort of look at him and go, well, that's your, your job. Not doing it. He gives him a sort of, a, a sort of sweet smile, the, the yeah. young man who's going to be... Like, it's, it's always as if he's saying, I'm glad it was you, sir. Yeah, because they don't want to leave them to be tortured. and No, they're going to be hacked to pieces. Yeah. Oh, God, it's, yeah. it's a bad day at the office for Richard Burton. It really is. It all goes... 100, 100 grand he's getting for this. Yeah, it's not worth and it. One it? half of these amounts, if the mission fails, that's absolutely outrageous. That, that's um, Barry Foster's reaction yeah. to the... Um, pricing. But he made him sign it anyway. Yeah. Well, he might as well. Because at this point as well, we know they've been double-crossed and we've seen them be double-crossed as mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier. Um, Matheson has signed this deal which has screwed everybody over. He doesn't need them anymore. No. So then we cut back to... Although I, I still don't quite understand what he was going to do. No. Was he going to impose... Was he going to reinstate Limbani himself? That would make it a cleaner plot yeah, idea. Potentially. Like, I want to depose Indofa, mm. reinstall Limbani. Mm. In return for me reinstalling Limbani, he'll give me the copper. And I, I know he's a decent man. He won't try and, you know, Double cross me on that, but well, that makes sense. That makes it? more sense. Whereas at the moment, it's like I want you to stop Indo for killing Limbani because if that because if the Ugandans give him Limbani, then the Ugandans get the copper. So stop the killing. So I don't really understand what they were going to do. They get him out, and then it's not clear, is it? Mm, well, you understand the spirit of it. You, under, you understand. You understand that, he needs to get rescued. You understand that he needs to get rescued, mm. and Matheson is a horrific exploiter of mineral resources in Africa, mm. uh, and will do anything to you know. We never meet him. In Dofa? Yeah. No, no, you don't. No. What I liked about this point is that Terence Longdon, the actor, is in this Ooh. from the Carry On films. Right? Who's he playing? Well, this is the funny thing, right? His character name in the credits, and I had to go to IMDb and look it up as well, is Anonymous Man. Who did you play in The Wild Geese? I, was, I played I was Anonymous, Anonymous Man. Man. Where is Anonymous Man? Oh, yeah, t- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Do you know what film he was in? Cow- he did. Cowboy? Ben-Hur. He was in Ben-Hur? Yeah. Wow. I think he's Stephen Boyd's right-hand man. Wow. Yeah. I, I just know him as the barman from Carry On Cowboy. Ah. See, I can't actually remember him in the world. I'll have to watch The Wild Geese another time to spot him because Anonymous Man doesn't really narrow down <laughs> where he might appear in the film. He, he gets it, taken out with a bullet to the head and his blood pours out of his beret and he, he falls, sinks to the floor. It's quite a good... Oh, so he, oh, he's one of the troops. He's one of the troops. Okay. Well, why don't they put Soldier? That would Then I'd know which half well, of the film yeah, to... That's what I'm saying. Why have they put him Anonymous Man? Yeah. He's one of the wild geese. He's not Anonymous... Did you know that uh, one of the two women that Sonny, the uh, you know the mafia kid, uh, yeah. is with uh, is Ingmar Bergman's daughter? No, I didn't. Oh, there you go. Also, I love in that scene. I love when the, when the woman goes up to Roger Moore and she's sort of feeling the, the massive lapel on his raincoat. And he's so out of place in that party really scene, like is. his raincoat and flat cap. He looks and she like, like spots him. And is like, hey, and goes up to him. Like, <laughs> he looks like he's come to pick his daughter up. Yeah. <laughs> is Sandra here? She said she was coming home at 11, which, uh, which isn't the first time, actually, because in View to a Kill, I mentioned it in the pod, but when him and Patrick and me are undercover, it looks oh, like they've come to pick so up their daughter. funny. The crack squad of <laughs> pensioners. It's brilliant from here on in. Where they're in just, terms of action. and yeah. Desperately trying to get to this airport. Well, though, first yeah. they get to Limbani's village, yeah. and we meet Frank... Frank Finlay! Frank wow. Finlay! What an actor. Yeah. Oh, no, I love Frank Finney. He's not great in this, though, is he? I really... I, it's great. I, I think he performs a great function in the film because he mm. just keeps calling them murdering bastards. It's true. I, I don't think you could say this film glorifies combat. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, no, it, no, it no. really... It's, because one of the heroes is pretty much, you know... A pac- well, one of the, hero, the heroes is a pacifist, and yeah. Barney is a... Idealist. Yeah, idealist, non, non-aggressor, and all the people who fight for money, yeah. And if you didn't have Frank Finn in this, you wouldn't have the line, get on your ass, yes. get on your ass and vacate the premises, or you're likely to get your sainthood shot off. <laughs> again, again, you, you think, in the reality of the moment, people would be like, no, it's, just, it's just too much, mate, I'm just... It's really tense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, we don't know if the plane's going to take off... I just, just, they're quiet, okay? Because <laughs> they go to see Frank Finley and he says, I hate you all, but I'll show you this airport where it's got a plane in it. Yeah, yeah. And if you Why don't you me, mention that when we... <laughs> follow me, I'm going to get on a donkey. Donkey, I know. It is, it is, the whole thing is like, we can't get out, there's no way out, there's no way out. Mm. And, then, and then suddenly, there's an old Dakota three miles down the road. And he's like, why didn't, it, come on. So he sends Roger ahead. Who, who just kicks a guy in the balls and beats him up. The yeah. guy's fueling it. You, think you could just go up to him, mm. hold out a gun. Not, I mean, that's not particularly nice, but mm. it's, but it's you're not actually physical contact. You're not getting um, Ronald Fraser to kick him in the balls and punch him in the face. No. And just say, we're commandeering the plane. You don't have to beat him. Well, Ronald Fraser, I forgot to mention, he's good in this. Yeah. Jock. So again, not a part he'd usually play, is it? No. What's he? I'm trying to think. I mean, I know he's in loads, but yeah. what's his big? Well, he's, isn't he like just traditionally like a comedy knockabout actor, yeah. really, rather than a it's great he- a sort of heavy set Scotsman? He does really well. Um, so yeah, the, the, Roger gets in his plane, and then it's about getting to the airstrip, and they've got one of those special machine guns to Gatling gun type thing, fire. big thing. Vickers, is it Vickers? They call it. Vickers, yeah. yeah. By this point, Richard Burton and everybody they're all coming. They all sort of split up. There's sort of Sandy. Well, they decide one group, they, and they then there's Jock. To take and them the, on, and then Burton and his men take the flank. But the guys who take them on, there's considerably less of them. It feels slightly unfair, <laughs> uneven. Like, you go off, take five men. It does make me think, because I've written down here, I do suspect that Richard Burton did this mission to get rid of some people he didn't like. <laughs> quite a you few go down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never really liked And plus, yeah. it's, it's a bit like more that are dead, the more money I can get as well. Does he, does he, what, he, he doesn't get their money. No, but he could do, couldn't he? Couldn't he, he could go argue. back and negotiate? And say, or, yeah, or just say... Um, yeah, they asked me to pick it up for them. Mm, yeah, for their family. Yeah, no, everyone's fine. Everyone's fine. It's just you know, funeral it's arrangements. Easier. It's easier if I do it. Uh, ca- no cash, cash. 
So they all have a long, drawn-out gunfire. Tosh with his bazooka. A lot, a lot of shot, sort of slow-panning shots towards people firing guns who then take one in the eye and yeah. go down. If, yeah, if you're the subject of a slow-panning shot while you're firing a machine gun. Anonymous man bites here at this yeah. point. He gets a they all they start dropping like flies now, don't they? And unfortunately, you get the appetizer to uh, Rafe. You get what, Sandy. 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 Yeah. Alan! Alan! The one time he's ever used his Christian name. His, yeah. His, his moment he of death. He says to him earlier, when no one's around, no. you can call, call me out. You can call me out, yeah. And I, I, I used to find that, that was a really horrific moment for me. It's that. horrible, because it's almost like... And also because Richard earlier has said, you're not coming, I don't want you to come. Because yeah. he, you know, because he, wife. no, yeah, I want you to spend time with your wife. And he goes, no. Stick it up your ass. Yeah. You want to see a real revolution? Try and stop me. <laughs> but the, 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 the way he says Alan is almost like, Son to father, isn't it's, it? It is a heartrending, mm, like agonising. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I've not really spotted that tone to it. I mean, I know it does an anguish to it, mm. and there's a raw emotion, and there's a love between those two mm. characters uh, that that never sort of properly comes. Oh, he does earlier though. He says, "Believe it or not, I love those cloth-eared men out there. You most of all." He does when he yeah. says, "I'm going on the mission. I'm, I'm going to be with you." But that moment where. He's the only time he ever calls him by his Christian name. And it is like, oh, God, you're going to set me off. It, yeah. oh, it is like, Daddy, help, what do I do? And yeah, it's like, I've it. never been shot before. What yeah. do I do? And then they try and drag his corpse. Go, Leave him, he's dead. Yeah. Oh, God. And also because then, then the last three to go in, mm. there's Jock, Ronald Fraser, and mm. Jock is shot as he goes in, and we know he dies. It's kind of a wasted, so they push a dead body in, basically. Then there's another guy, and then Rafe is hanging on. Then Rafe takes one in the leg, mm. can't put his weight on his leg. Richard Burton can't hold on to him. Then he's limping behind the plane. And they're all coming. And they're all coming. Yeah. He goes, Alan, Alan, for God's sake, kill me. No, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. And you've got to, and then he shouts his son's name twice or three times. Emil, Emil. And then Richard Burton shoots his best friend. It's a horrible scene, but yeah. it, it's not a sanitised... It's Again, it's a brutal, heavy... It's, it, it's tragedy. What they should have done, of course, mm-hmm. as a planner, what he should have done is utilise his glasses with the sun. <laughs> to blind them. With the sun's <laughs> rays coming through those glasses, he'd have vaporised them. <laughs> they were very thick. Then Richard Burton, then Sean... Obviously, Roger was shot in the leg, but still managed to take off. Yeah. Even though he seems to go right in the shin. You think yeah. that would, you'd be fucked in terms of using the... You would. The agony. And then sort of ties a tourniquet around the top of his leg. But you think it's not the <clears> blood <throat> loss so much as the shattered bone that would be Absolutely. by now affecting you. But anyway, and then Richard Burton goes at the front and amazing performance. looks completely hollowed out, desolate, yeah. and just... He's talking, he goes, Sean, I killed Rafer. Mm. <laughs> Roger doesn't really give him a lot of comfort. He just kind of goes... I go and check on the men. It's yeah. kind of, it's kind of it doesn't sort of go. Oh, look, you probably had to. Or and then and then we see the jock's dead. And one dismissive. of them says, "What was it for, sir?" Yeah, and he says, "I don't know. I don't know. You're getting paid, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> You're alive. <laughs> Stop moaning." And then they say, "Well, this is when Roger Moore says we have to get rid of as much weight as possible." So yeah, they chuck out bodies, well, includes old jock. jock. Grab, I, his, grab his legs. I wanted a scene of somebody just sitting in their garden having a drink and jock's body, <laughs> jock body. <laughs> ruining their summer barbecue, falling in their swimming pool. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a vicar yeah swimming pool is better than actually just through a roof a vicar cycling down the road <laughs> whistling still throwing bodies out of the plane so then basically the South African airport in Rhodesia won't let them land and Limbani says tell them this write this down and, and then, then he dies yeah. and they land and you get that shot of Burton in all his mm. cold fury of yeah. there will be vengeance yeah and my oh my there is vengeance there is vengeance because Stuart Granger Matheson comes home there he Finds, is there he is he's been sitting in the drawing room listening yeah. And also Matthew goes in and sort of is about to play chess with himself, seemingly. Yeah. He says, well, yeah, checking three moves, you could do that. So yeah, I like that, that he's just being a proper alpha there, just dissing his chess moves. Yeah. <laughs> but he knows he's going to kill him as well. Yeah. Like, but I'm going to, you know, not only am I going to kill you and steal your money, I'm going to say you're shit at chess. <laughs> 
he's, he's very proud of his chest. Yeah, it's a really weird chest set, isn't it? With sort of it's, monkeys it's and kind of erotic. Yeah, strange. Yeah. Sort yeah. Of so thing... chess chess pieces, strunk sex toys. Yes, he says, let's go to your safe. Oh, he I've already says, tripped the alarm. Or I've been I've become very crash adapt. course in burglary. There you go. Yeah. See, I yeah. should I should stop trying to quote things. Sorry, that's all right. That's why I really love that final speech. The, it's what, really, really, really. It's good. properly uh, the way. I mean, everything that Burton does in, in in this film is so naturalistic and just like I love that scene he has with Richard Harris before they're flying out at the sunset and they're walking across the parade ground. It's just just so loose and just the mm. energy of it is brilliant. But this the, with Matheson, when he, when he says, you know, I, you know, I had a speech all prepared and yeah. goes on and thought because then Matheson says. Look, he, it's not even that good a deal, like because basically he's got like half a million quid, and Matson goes, "That's half of what I owe you. Mm. I'll give you the other half in cash, uh, and I'll lift all the contracts on your life." Yes, because he's a wanted man at this point. Yeah, yeah, and you think you're a fucking asshole, mate, because mm. you've double-crossed this guy. He's survived. He's come back. He's pointing a gun at you, and basically all you're offering him is to do right by the original deal. All you're doing is saying, "I'll pay what I owe you, and I won't kill you." Yeah. You think that is a fucking bare minimum? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you know, you've got to up. You really should be offering more than, than that. And then Burton gives that speech by going, um, you know, I don't mind taking your money. Thought of you offering me money. All those bodies littering Africa, I find degrading. <laughs> so I afraid I must turn down your offer, Sir Edward. Well, I suppose you better kill me. You're a remarkable man, Sir Edward. So I suppose I better had. Now, wait a minute, I... And then his last word is we. <laughs> he goes, I've got, I've got an idea for a Nintendo console. <laughs> Taken to his grave. Yeah. And then he just walks, he puts the gun in the suitcase. Yeah, fingerprints all over the place, by the way. Grabs the door. I'm like, what? I mean, it's. Did he insinuate that he killed the staff in the house as well? I didn't think so. Because Granger says, I've got 10. Oh, that's a great line. There's 10 staff in this house. Yeah, and he says, I counted six. I thought he was suggesting that he'd killed four of them. Well, no, because you've seen the butler. Yeah. So I, do, I, I don't think... No, you're probably right. Yeah, I, well, I like to think he wouldn't go around no, murdering right. in cold blood, but then having said that, yeah. he did gas 200 men in a barracks. Yeah. Well, he didn't. He didn't, Ray, no. Ray, Ray no, but he signed off on it. He's, <laughs> it didn't go, no, come on, this, look, let's, just, <laughs> let's just tie them up. Let's talk about this. Yeah, let's yeah. just you, take disarm them and send them away. So he gets in the car with Sean. And then he goes to a meal. Let's talk about your father. I shot him. <laughs> yeah, how? <laughs> I, I, I would say that I wouldn't talk about. No, I'd leave. That. I'd say that he had a heart attack. So we don't. It, it was an art gallery. It was an yeah. art uh, dealing conference. Mm. Uh, we were we were away and. Uh, do, do we think the, the sequel to this film really should be him bringing up a meal? Well, just a nice sweet domestic. It'll be drama. like um, that film Jack and Sarah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Grant and uh, so a man Samantha not Mathis. ready for fatherhood having yeah. to deal with fatherhood. Yeah. But it was also a mercenary. I think we should write that and yeah. get who's 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 the modern Richard Burton that we could get to play that Alan Faulkner. Oh God, is there a modern Richard Burton? Hopkins was kind of the next. Yeah, but is there not, a modern not, Hopkins? It's not, yeah, not just because he's the Welshness; it's the, the same sort of sense of presence and gravitas. Yeah, and I don't think there is one. The moment's gone. Okay. It's a great, it's a great lost project. Uh, the domestic drama of Emil and perhaps Alan Faulkner, having, you know, with, having, with Sean Finn dropping in, yeah, being the kind of cool uncle, and them having to be on the run. I like to think they're not on the run. Contract at that point. them still for murdering Matheson, wouldn't they? Yeah, but who would put that out? Because well, Matheson wasn't a gang... Well, he was corrupt, but he wasn't actually... Did he make no sausages? <laughs> That's, yeah, that was part of his business empire. Yeah, probably why you don't see him in the shops anymore. He's, he's dead. <laughs> he's gone. But, it, OK, so we... One Geese 2? Are we going well, we to do it, this? We? we can't do the whole film, surely. Well, no, because it's no, garbage. It is garbage, but... So, Wild Geese 2 is about Hess in Spandau. Breaking Rudolf Hess out of Spandau Prison, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with Colonel Faulkner's brother. But at the beginning, because I was looking up the synopsis on Wikipedia, and it reminded me, and I remember this when I went to see it, they do have a condensed sort of prologue that is like the Wild Geese. So, they kind of... Yeah, they show the end. Kind of like previously on the Wild Geese. Yeah, they show 
show uh, they show Richard Harris being killed, and then it's got nothing to do. It's Absolutely so tame. Yeah, it's a really weird. Because that's whole... it's, like, it's almost like they kind of go. Look, we know it's got nothing to do with it, so, so let's show a bit of it to try and pretend it. Because that's all Africa. This is all Europe. Yeah, this is. Like yeah, but I just think I think at the bare minimum you have to have one of the cast members, if not two, to because the wild geese is plural. Mm. So you you really need two. Which yeah. would have been Roger Moore and um, Richard Burton would be the only ones. But there's also another Wild Geese film, not a fiction. Codename Wild Code Geese. Wild Geese. This the is Lewis the Lewis Collins. Was, yeah. Yeah, Wild that's Geese the one dumped. we disappointingly got out of the rental on video once. Same, same. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was going to be another that's a fun cheat. adventure. That's a cheat. Awful. I can't even remember it. And I looked at it again last night and he is dubbed. I knew he wasn't, didn't sound Who's like dubbed? Lewis Collins. Oh, what, was he dubbed America? Oh, really? I think it was like an Italian film. I. Am I alone in thinking that Lewis Collins is a great, great lost Bond? I wrote an article about this. Ah, he had an, I should have read he that. Had an audition. Yeah, I did. Yeah, what happened? Well, he had an interview. He turned up doing his character from the professional space, being really cocky. Yeah, and uh, Broccoli didn't like it at all. I think he would have been really good. Especially, I mean, it's like not not now so much, but mm. following on from Roger, I just think he would have been a good eighties Bond. So he'd have done Octopussy, basically. And it would have been yes, much better. Is that possible? Yes. What, the crocodile submarine cues Union Jack balloon. You think these things can be? It runs on hot air. <laughs> Roger is a clown. Yeah, we've got to disarm. It's so confusing that what. <laughs> I lose track of which egg is fake, and like at one point, Orloff kind of crushes one, and the look on the guy's face is meant you. I think is it meant to be? Is he just crushed a real one? For the reason? There's two films competing, it's two re- plots competing. Yeah, it's, it, it ain't a half work. hot mum. Yeah. <laughs> the film yeah. versus with something else. Stephen Burkoff's Russian or, nervous breakdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Lewis Collins would have been great. And if you watch, I often put on the end of Who Dares Wins and just think, oh, if only. Yeah. That is an interminable film until the last 20 minutes. When I was young, my parents used to tape the end of films they liked. So I had that and the Italian job on the same tape, like the yeah. last, the, the heist and the Italian job and Who Dares That's Wins. That's not bad, just the, yeah. I used to like that. And then when I got older and watched them, I thought, oh. Uh, now I know why you did that. Yeah. So also, who does wins is it's so anti, uh, anti anti nuclear, so anti C and D. It's like they're just portrayed as yeah. total Russian stooges. Lefty Russian stooges. I'm sure some of them are well meaning, but basically these these people are red. Right. We have reached the point in the podcast mm-hmm. where I ask you the quick fire questions. There's no buzzer, and you can pass okay. if you want. But I suspect you won't pass any of them. Who is the best Bond, and what is the best Bond film? Roger Moore, Moonraker. Perfect. Okay. I don't need to say any more. Uh, who is the worst Bond, and what is the worst Bond film? I like them all. For, they've all got something. I, I'm, I have. I don't want to pick Laser Me because the only reason I would say that is I've never actually seen that all of that film actually. So it's more that it, if I'd say he's the worst Bond, it's just because it doesn't really register for me yep. really. So I feel a bit unfair about that. The worst Bond film is Quantum of Solace, without a doubt. Although I have to say, Spectre was not a film I would watch again. I, no, I'm not having that. Not having that in the house. Quantum of Solace has a kind of uh, a sort of free fall parachute sequence. And if you're going to do that, do you bring your best game and be better than Moonraker. And that's impossible. And actually do the stunt and don't CG it. Which yeah, exactly. Do. You watch it with Moonraker. You think they jumped out of planes for yeah. God knows how many weeks with camera. They had to get a special camera they found in a junk shop, didn't they? That's they were attached it. to a yeah, helmet. Yeah, an antique shop. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really like, you know, they really, really put time and thought into it. And it's a, still a brilliant, breathtaking sequence, even though it doesn't make any sense. And, and it kind of like, you know, they push Bond out of the plane. And Bond pushes the guy out of the plane. And then Jaws pushes him out of the plane. You think, well, where's Jaws been? He's been sitting in the toilet all this time. Like, yeah, really. Really crap, just wait in there. Wait in there. Wait, why? Well, in case he pushes me out of the plane. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe he was the lady. He just pulled off a mask. Oh, that would be better. Who would you have as James Bond next? Idris. Nice. Absolutely. Hands down. The best person for the job. He's got the charisma, the magnetism, the power. I uh, agree. The charm. I think he'd be, I think he'd be amazing. He would. 
He's pretty much the same age as Daniel Craig now, isn't he? He doesn't look it though. No. He doesn't look. He doesn't look old. He. But the danger with Bond. He can carry it. What worries me about that, and I do agree with you. I think he'd be amazing. But what worries me is that there's a two-year gap for everybody. Yeah, so and you how do. How many films do you get out of these people? Well, three or four. You probably. But then you get Roger. How old? Terrence. How old is Idris now? Then I think he's like forty. I'm saying it like I know him, but <laughs> as opposed to Dan, Dan you, Craig, you probably do. You're I don't know. No, 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 no. I just think he's. I, I, I think he's, oh, he's forty-four. So that's not too bad. He could easily, he could easily thought, do actually. ten years. Yeah, he yeah. could easily do it. And who, I mean, on his own merit, in in every aspect, he is hands down the best. It would really be a, you know, fantastically mm. bold, inspiring. It would, you know, rebrand it as a really modern no, I agree. franchise, only... and there's all that aspect to it. But all of that aside, purely, you know, he's brilliant. He is. He's the only. Apart kind of... from the yeah, the significance of casting you know, a BAME actor in that role aside, he's brilliant. Yeah. And the significance is really important too. So Bond is full of stupid names like Money Penny, Small Bone, Good Head. Give me your best Bond lady name now. <laughs> As in a, a throwback, yeah. not not the name you would give I a contemporary Bond... three dimensional female character. Oh God, no. <laughs> uh, Toasty Crumpet. Toasty Crumpet. Okay, good. Uh, and give me your best Bond film title that you've just made up. Oh, uh, the the death of killing. That's really good. Oh, no. like that. Or no. the killing of death. Killing of death. Uh, it works because it doesn't make any sense. It's <laughs> exactly what they have to do. I mean, yeah. The problem they get into with the latest ones is they try and start having them make sense. I know. Try and start making the character make sense and having yeah. the character kind of continue on with the continuing story, like the Vesper Lynn kind of he's really cut up by that. You think is he? I mean, it's a far why cry from why is he? Why, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying he should be as callous as maybe Roger Moore was in The Spy Love Me, using a woman as a human shield. <laughs> Just to, I met a woman, kissed her, saw a bad guy, chucked her in front of the bullet, threw her down on the floor. Not that, not that, but equally, yeah, it's a, it's a nonsense. It's not a nonsense, but it's not. It's because they try to compete with Bourne as well. And don't they do should, that. They shouldn't. Because that, that last Bourne film was a travesty. Uh, a hypothetical fist fight takes place between Simon Templer, the Saint, and James Bond, 007. Who wins? Is this the Alan Partridge? Yes. <laughs> yes. I had to put it. Uh, 007. Okay, good. Easily. Hello, Alan. Although now I'm thinking what you're saying, Roger Moore, the Saint, or Ian Ogilvy's Saint versus Sean Connery Bond. Can or you mix Val it up Val Kilmer's like that? Saint versus Piers Brosnan. Val Kilmer's Saint versus... Daniel Craig, would that be a knockout? But as I, I've said many times, the saint will never win because he has to wear disguises, which makes him a coward. Um, finally, you're stranded on an island with Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. Who do you elect as leader to devise your rescue attempt? And if it fails, who do you eat first? Oh, I love this. So can I check? Are they all Bonds in their prime? They're in, not Bonds in as in now. In their pomp. Absolute, yeah, absolute pomp. And who am I? I'm just me. You're just you. I'm just you. Yeah. So why would they... Why are they paying attention to me? Because that my thing is that if you put those guys, mm-hmm. just put them there. Yeah. Connery is yeah. is the big dog, uh-huh. so Connery would assume the role of leader, and I think Craig would be put out by that, and we're probably going to sulk on a rock, and Connery would be like, "What's his fucking problem?" Yeah. There'd be a bit of tension there. Yeah. I think Roger would be a bit of life and soul. You can imagine Roger would get into it. He'd like he'd like make her like a coconut bra and do a kind of dance as a lady to cheer you he'd, he'd make you eat a bag of sand and pretend they're strictly. <laughs> <laughs> for for Japes, yeah. I think I think Connery would would feel that that uh, Brosnan, who I love, was a bit too prissy, and he'd start nicknaming him Money Penny, say he wasn't a proper Bond. Just imagining Roger Moore in a coconut bra. <laughs> that's, that would be he would though. Yeah, he'd be like that's what I like, you know. And the dynamic, you, you can see like Connery would he'd be fine with Roger, mm. Lazenby he'd probably just ignore. So who said that? Is there a ghost? Yeah, and yeah. then you know you're not fucking Bond. Yeah. <laughs> he'd lay it. Yeah, Brosnan he you know try and. Undermine. So I think Connery would become. Oh, I love watching Brosnan sing ABBA. Do you? That in the black polo shirt and the white trousers, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he's singing, you know, uh, is it SOS? Yeah. 
Oh my god. To me, it sounds like when they do a foghorn. It just goes. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's... No, I'm not a fan. Oh, they're doing a second one now. Oh, it's great. I love Brodson's just one. Uh, yeah, and I really like. What's the second one? It die another day. Yeah. No, they're all terrible titles. No, tomorrow never knows. Tomorrow never knows. I think tomorrow that never I. Dies. I like that one. I think uh, you know, Jonathan Price. Some people have an issue with this, but I think Jonathan Price is, is a throwback to the good old-fashioned proper villains. He's got a base. He's got a you know a boat. It's got it's got a lot. No, you're okay. Tell by your I face, you're not okay. Okay, okay, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I, I should have listened to before I even said that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, no, I'm just saying. I, I like. like the I'm film. Saying, I just don't what like I'm saying Price. is, I like Brosnan. I'm just saying that I think on a yeah. desert island, Connery would nickname him Money Penny. Yeah. And disrespect him yeah he would I don't know he's old money isn't he yeah yeah. Uh, and then if he had to eat them I mean Craig's got the muscle is that a popular choice yeah Craig yeah Yeah. and also I'm not sure how much would you miss him I don't think he doesn't seem to sort of have that much fun being Bond so he'd probably be what was that quote yeah the inspector was like I'd rather Eat my own shit or something. (laughs) All right, okay. All right, well, yeah, we feel the same about rewatching the film. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. should have said that. No, no, apparently, at one point, there was a plan to do a a, a gang show bond, or the idea being that 007 was the code name. James Bond was the name that they were all given, so it's not their real names. So you could have Sean and Roger joining up with Pierce and Mm. Timothy and Daniel. I would like to have seen that. Yeah. Not now, obviously. No, but that would have would have made it more of a romp. I'm sure he wants to do other stuff. I mean, the thing is, Casino Royale, particularly the opening, mm. is terrific. Amazing. He's a brilliant Bond. And and there was loads of great stuff in... Um... Quantum of Solace. No. <laughs> no! There was nothing. <laughs> Skyfall. Uh, Skyfall. No? I don't like Skyfall. You don't like Skyfall? No. Good villain. Great villain. Great, great villain, Bond. but doesn't have anything to do. It's totally wasted. Bit of a mad plan. But they all are. It's a bit like... Yeah, but he spends... How did you, how did you know that Bond was going to stand there when you crashed the tube yeah. train to... And he spends 10 minutes talking about how he... From this very room, I can do anything in the world and I don't have to go anywhere. And then he drives, flies a helicopter away to Scotland to shoot someone at close range. Oh, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No, but then a lot of them don't. Well, yeah, but... It's... But it, I remember it being an enjoyable watch in a way that, for me, there was something missing, Inspector, and I don't know what went wrong. Yeah, it's a weird one because you think when you've done if you've done the fiftieth and it was so acclaimed, you mm. can only really lose by doing the next one really. And also, again, they were doing that trying to tie everything up, and I'm the man who killed your father, and yeah. and again, we knew it's... each other when we were kids. No. Oh yeah, you see, I've kind of got you, I'm just... the architect of your pain. Yeah, you put a lot of time into this, haven't you? Yeah, what, I mean, just, make any sense. Why don't you just go and enjoy your money? And if he did finish, it's got the ending where he drives off with the girl. But where does that leave Bond? That's what bothers me. Does he leave this? He literally just, service at the end. I think he quits. This is how, I mean, how can I, I mean, as a Bond fan, how can I have watched that film and not remembered at the end that he stops being a double so <laughs> And yeah, and everyone keeps saying to me, oh, yeah, but if Craig does finish, then it's a good way to go. And I'm like, yeah, but no, what it's about not. the character? No, Skyfall was a good way to go. Yeah. I, you know, but it's, but it's how, you know, Pierce is, didn't, didn't end on the best one, did he? Well, no, that wasn't his choice. This is what oh, I was it not? Is he? No, no, no. He, he thought he was doing actually, one more. Actually, actually none, of them, none of them have ended on the best. Views to a killer. Roger's last words in View to a Killer. Oh, she goes, oh, James. And he goes, oh. And then the credits come <laughs> oh, up. Oh, God. <laughs> and Timothy Dalton's last bit was jumping into a swimming pool. And yeah. And a fish wink at him. That's, that doesn't have enough locations, Living Daylights, does it? License to Kill. License to Kill, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it just feels. No. And, and, like it's it. more, and it's more just sort of crime boss. It's not kind of big villain. It's, um, it's low stakes. Well, well, not low stakes, but it's more like. You it's know, a, um, it's Bond reacting to the times. It's more like Narcos or something, isn't yeah. it? It's, yeah, yeah. It does. Moon, it's not then, a spy. It's not a spy. He's, he's like a DEA 
it's it's them trying to get the lethal weapon diehard money, like they tried to get the Star Wars money with that. Yeah. Whereas I I have a, a huge soft spot for um, Living Daylights. I love Living Daylights. Yeah. It's got the best introduction to a Bond, I think. And it, and it's back when you know Mujahideen were were the good, good guys, guys, like like in Rambo, Rambo Three. <laughs> they get a thanks at the end, don't they? Yeah. Do I have to ask how it went? No. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.